0: How many believe the Bible is the Word of God? Yes. These are not just the words of men. These are the words of God. We believe that very strongly here. And so we want to show the proper respect to the Word. And you know, when uh, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, and you read something in the Bible, then that ought to be the end of the discussion. Yes. It's not time to you know wrangle about it or what about this or that. If Jesus is your Lord, and the Bible is the Word of God, it ought to be the last word, the final authority on it. And when you've heard the Scripture, no more discussion, just time to do. And so in Matthew 25, let's read our text. We've been on this for a few weeks now, talking about faithfulness. And Matthew 25 speaks about faithfulness. In Matthew 25 and the uh, 14th verse, Jesus is teaching and ministering. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country. He called his own servants and delivered to them his goods. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To every man according to his several or individual ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with them and made them other five talents. He doubled what the Lord gave him. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. He doubled his. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, You delivered to me five talents, behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said to him, Well done, you good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many things, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents, behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done. Good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He told him exactly what he told the man that had gained five. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not strawed. I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there you have that is thine. Now, There's so much here in this phrase, but why did he not step out to do what these other two individuals did? He was afraid. Now, friend, fear will cut you off from the plan of God. Fear can cause you to miss what God has for you, cause you to do things you never should have done. Fear. See, what these thoughts came to him. What if I uh, step out to increase it and I lose it? What if I do this and it doesn't work out? What if I try to do this and it doesn't make it? You know, there's a phrase in the world, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And some, one reason why people don't venture out, they don't step out, is just simply fear. They, In their mind, they're playing it safe, sitting back. And you don't just need to go off without hearing from the Lord and just do something wild and, you know, with no direction. But once you hear from the Lord... Uh, you know, you're not going to know exactly how it's going to work out. It's going to take some faith to step out. I know it took faith for Phyllis and I to step out with this church and no congregation. You know, but uh, God has been faithful. What if we'd sit back and said, oh, no, 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 I just can't see. Uh, uh-uh. Now, Lord, if you'll bring a bunch of people to us and bring a bunch of money to us, well, then we'll think about it. But it's just too dangerous stepping out like that. I mean, what if we fall? I actually had people call me and say, well, uh, Brother Keith, you know, you got a good ministry. You're going full time. I mean, you could get in trouble doing that. And what if you just fall flat on your face? Well, then you'll be embarrassed. You got that big old building. Nobody shows up. Nobody comes. Then you'll look bad. It'll hurt your ministry. (laughs) What's the enemy trying to do? He's trying to put me in fear. Put you in fear. And you know, I thought about that. And I prayed about it. And I looked at it. And you know, it's easy to sit up in here and talk about it with all of you looking at me today. <laughs> but at that time, I hadn't met any of you. And uh it was a real step of faith. And no money sitting in the bank to back it up. And nobody saying they're going to underwrite it. And I wouldn't have asked anybody anyhow. And finally... I got it settled in my heart. I thought, well, you know, what if I miss it? Well, I could miss it. I'm a man. I could miss it. Phyllis and I could miss it. But I tell you what. I'd rather fall flat on my face trying to obey God. Come on now, trying to do something. Than to play it safe, too scared to get up and do anything, and sit at home and do nothing. And see, that's what this guy did. And so you see, he... This picture is a picture of unfaithfulness. The two men were faithful. This man was unfaithful. And we've been talking about faithfulness. The scripture says in Psalm 12, 1, Help, Lord, the godly man ceases. The faithful fail from among the children of men. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Most men will proclaim every one his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find? So faithful people are not everywhere, and everybody likes to think they're faithful, but are they? And uh, how many genuinely, sincerely want to hear one day, well done, good and faithful servant? Well, will you hear it if you have not been faithful? See, that's the thing people don't like to talk about. They like to imagine, well, I'll just bump along and do whatever suits me, and then, you know, I'll hear well done. Well, no. Not everybody heard well done in this story, did they? The people that were too afraid to step out and not obey the Lord, not use their faith, not take advantage of their opportunities, didn't hear well done. They heard something else. And so we've been on this subject. Faithfulness is very important. And we want to hear, I mean, all the little stuff we did in this life will pass away. Nobody will remember it. Nobody will know about it. But anything we did in obedience and faithfulness to the Lord is eternal. And friend, I want to hear it. I want to stand before the Lord and see him and hear him call my name and say, well done, Keith. You were faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to put you over many things. Come on in here, boy. Enter into the joy of the Lord. How many stand? Nothing else is going to matter when that comes, when it comes to that point in eternity. And so, if it is so important that we be faithful, we need to know what is faithfulness? What does it mean to be faithful? And so we've been on the last several weeks talking about it and defining it. We said, number one, God is faithful. How many would agree with that? God is faithful, and we 've been talking about some of his characteristics if we 're going to be faithful, we have to be like him. One is God is always there. Somebody say he 's always, always there. Can you count on him yes. he 'll never leave you he 'll never forsake you he 'll never leave you helpless or hopeless he 's all he that 's one of his names, Jehovah. Uh, Shama, Jehovah, the Lord who is present, the Lord who is here. And so, uh, if we're gonna be faithful, we got to be there. Every time we're supposed to be there, be where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there. Another thing we said is God cannot lie. Amen. Impossible for Him to lie. How many believe God has never told you something wrong? He's never deceived you. He's never told you a lie. And how many understand? He never will. It'll never happen. And that is one of the biggest characteristics of unfaithfulness is somebody that'll lie to you. No such thing as somebody that'll lie to you and they're a faithful person. That is one of the biggest indicators of unfaithfulness. So uh, you need to feel very strongly about this now. You need to love God with all your heart, which means also you love the truth. With all your heart. And you hate a lie. And you refuse to be a partner to anything that deceives or lies. God is faithful. He can't lie. He had never lied to you. How about you? Are you faithful? Then you won't lie. The Bible said a faithful witness will not lie. And then also, or last time we talked about this, God is faithful. He does not change. And we talked about that for a bit. If we're going to be faithful, we're not changing all the time. Once you've heard from the Lord and you've got what's right, you don't need to go a-changing. And how many know God doesn't change His mind? If it was God yesterday, it's still God today. And it'll be God tomorrow. Uh, Listening to some people, you'd think God changes His mind every other day. But that's just them being unstable and unfaithful. No, God is faithful, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. Well, let's go on today talking about faithfulness. Can you take some more today? In uh, 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1 says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards. Now you'll see this word come up again in Luke 16 and other places in connection with the subject of faithfulness. A steward, we might say today, instead of steward, would be a manager. But a manager... Of what belongs to someone else. that's the big idea. A manager of things that belong to someone else. He said stewards of the mysteries of God. You know, uh, we've talked about this before. But uh, this is the Lord's church. And these are his resources. The revelation he gives us as ministers. It's his. We didn't create it. We don't even give ourselves our own breath. So really, we're stewards uh, to oversee the handling and management of his things. But isn't it a great privilege to be a steward, a manager of the holy things of God? But verse 2 says, moreover, it is required. Somebody say required. It's not optional then. It's required in stewards or in managers that a man be found faithful. It's required in one that is handling and caring for and managing another's things that that manager be faithful. Now in talking about this, uh, let me read the Living Bible, and maybe y'all could put that up for me, 1 Corinthians 4, 2, in the Living. It says now the most important thing About a servant is that he does just what his master tells him to. Are you reading that? The most important thing about a servant is that he does what? what He does just what his master tells him to. Now, this morning we're getting into an area of faithfulness that is uh, defined by this. If you are a steward, you're a manager of someone else's affairs, if it's their things, it ought to be handled their way. If it's God's things, it ought to be handled His way. And you'll find this, that there are a lot of people that will talk to you about helping. We want to help. We'll be glad to help. But when it comes down to it, they want to help their way. And oh man, the, now don't think this is a small deal. This is a big deal. And this is a widespread deal. People want to help, but they want to do it their way. They want you to just turn it over to them. And don't bug them about it. Let them handle it. Let them do it their way. Well, no. A characteristic of faithfulness is that you do it not your way, but their way. Y'all with me or not? How many know this is the deal, though? <laughs> but we're talking about faithfulness. Somebody say faithfulness. Faithfulness. In 1 Samuel 15, you don't have to turn there, but in 1 Samuel 15, how many remember that uh, the Lord told Saul, who was the first king of Israel, through the prophet Samuel, to go and destroy the Amalekites? And he said, I mean everything, everything. And how many remember what Saul did? Huh? He went... And they attacked the armies and they defeated the armies. But they saved the king and they saved the best of the sheep and the best of the oxen and the best of the stuff. And when they came back and uh, the prophet Samuel met them, he said, I've done what the Lord told me to do. And Samuel says, well, what is that I hear? I hear sheep. I hear goats and cows. And he said, well, you know, the people wanted to do some of this. And, you know, and we did this. And he said, you've not obeyed the voice of the Lord. And he became very adamant. Saul did. He said, I have. I have. How many understand you remember this story? This was the downfall of Saul. He exhibited such rebellion against the Lord. Was he unfaithful? In this situation. And wh- how was his unfaithfulness seen? It's not that he wouldn't do it. He went and did it. But he did it how? He did it his way. And then he maintained that his way was God's way. Even in the face of correction, he wouldn't repent. He wouldn't yield. He defied the man of God. In 1 Samuel 15:20, Are you there? No, you're not there. Don't, you don't have to turn there. 1 Samuel fifteen twenty. Uh, Saul said to Samuel, yes, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Did he? No. no. But it's important that you don't let this get by you. In his mind, he's saying, I have done it. Did he do exactly what the Lord told him to do? But what's he saying? I did it. I did obey the voice of the Lord. I went the way which the Lord sent me. And I brought Agag and I've utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Friends, beware of improvements. (laughs) Beware of improvements. What do you mean? Adjustments. Changes. God is not big on surprises. We're going to surprise the Lord. (laughs) We're going to do something different. We're going to add to it. You know, we had a you know, pride always has a better idea. And doesn't realize how unfaithful it's been. Now just think about the word how many understand a faithful reproduction of something is what? It's an exact duplicate of it. When you start improving it, and we're going to change this color, and we're going to change that. It's not a faithful reproduction. And God doesn't need people that's going to go above and beyond what he asked them to do. He needs people that will do what he said. And not add to it. And not take from it. He needs soldiers that can take orders. And carry them out to the teeth. And dot every I and cross every T just like he said to do it. Because that is acknowledging he knows more than I do. I'm not qualified and I don't have the liberty to take liberties and change what he said. Are y'all with me or not? It's kind of quiet when you start talking about this. But is it important? See he insisted I have done what the Lord told me to do. And Saul said, Well, what about these sheep? What about these goats? He said, Well, I did. And we made a few adjustments. But what he's saying is, There's nothing wrong with that. I did it my way. But it got done. I mean, the basic line is that it got done. And I mean, he lost the kingdom that day. Didn't he? Read the story and see. It is rebellion. It is defiance. He should have been repenting. And he was defying and kept asserting, you know, I did do what the Lord told me to do. Do you know one of the devil's main theme songs is? I did it my way. (laughs) I did it my way. And he lost his place. And everybody that does it their way concerning the things of God are going to lose. You're going to be disqualified. A faithful servant, a faithful worker in the things of God is going to do it how? Going to do it his way. Not my way. His way. Listen to this in uh, 1 Samuel 2 and 35. This is when uh, Samuel was born and became the uh, prophet. But Eli had been unfaithful. And he had, hadn't controlled his sons. And they had changed what the Lord told them to do in the priesthood. And were, had become very ungodly. And uh, the Lord told him that his house and his family were going to be put out of the ministry. And he was going to raise up somebody else. Basically somebody that listened to him. And in First Samuel 2 and 35. 1 Samuel two thirty-five in the Dewey translation. He said, I will raise me up a faithful priest who shall do according to all my heart and my soul. The easy to read says, I will choose a priest I can trust. This priest will listen to me and do what I want. God's word translation says, he will do everything I want him to do. Can you see faithfulness here? What is faithfulness? It's required in stewards. The Living Bible said in our text that a man does exactly what the Lord, just what the Lord tells him to do. That is faithfulness. In Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews, the third chapter, and verse 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful. Somebody say faithful. Faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who has builded the house has more honor than the house. Now, verse 5 it says again, Moses verily was faithful. Moses was what? He was faithful in all his house. Now, he keeps talking about the house that was built. The And you understand that a big part of Moses' ministry is that God gave him a pattern from heaven about the holy things. The tabernacle. You remember that. And the uh, altar and the ark and the candlesticks, and the incense, and the priest's clothes, and, and on and on and on and on. And how many believe that when the Lord gives you a specific pattern, it ought to be followed yes, to the T. And one of the big reasons why Moses is referred to in this passage and other places as faithful is because that's what he did. Listen to these verses, don't try to turn to them, but just listen to them. Numbers twelve seven says, uh, my servant Moses is faithful in all my house. And listen how these other verses describe it. Leviticus 8, 4 said, and Moses did as the Lord commanded him. Numbers 17.11 Moses did so as the Lord commanded him so did he Numbers 20.27 20, Moses did as the Lord commanded him 27.22 Moses did as the Lord commanded him that's just a few but have you ever read back there it say the Lord told him to do this and do this and do this and the very next verse said and Moses did exactly what the Lord told him to do and the Lord said do this and Moses did exactly I mean back and forth for chapter after chapter after chapter. And the Lord said, He's faithful in all my house until on one occasion He decided to do something His own way. Do you remember that? Everything was wonderful and great until one day He told Him to speak to the rock. You remember that? And He decided He'd do it His way and beat it with the rod. An old man disqualified himself. But now we live in a society that is so loose. And people say, well, I hear from God too. I got the Holy Ghost. I hear from God too. And people get indignant if you don't just completely turn something over to them and let them do it the way they want to, when they want to, how they want to. But good leaders won't let you do that. Did you hear me? You know, around here, sometimes I've had people say, you know, well, why won't you let me do it that way? And I said, well, I don't do it the way I want to do it. Why should I do it the way you want to do it? And I don't know if everybody believes that or not, but we endeavor to hear from him. And we want it done his way. Well, that is a, a qualification of a faithful servant, a faithful helper, is that you do it their way. Now, you know, there's a whole other thing that comes up here. Do you know you have to find out what their way is before you can do it their way? <laughs> and if you just assume you know, well, again, that's pride. You've already decided to do it your own way. Somebody say, do it his way. Do it his way. Say it again. Do it his way. Not my, way, not my way. His way His way. The greatest example of this is the Master Jesus. How many think Jesus did it the Father's way? In John 5:30, John 5:30, Jesus said, "I can of my own self do nothing. I seek not my own will, but the will of him that sent me." John 8:29, I like this phrase. John 8:29, he said, "I do always those things that please him." What did Jesus say? I do always those things that please him." Why don't you say that out loud? I do always those things that please him." Would that include doing it his way? doing what he wants? The way he wants it done. That is faithfulness. Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus always did everything exactly the way the Father wanted it done? Yes, then that's our example, isn't it? Yes. We should follow him. We should do it. You know, there was occasion at, toward the end of his earthwalk in ministry that he wanted to do it another way you remember that? In the garden when he's praying, he's sweating blood, strong crying and tears. He said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. All things are possible with you. Is he wanting to do it another way? Yeah, he's tempted. But there was no other way. And so what did he come back to? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Was that easy? Now, is submission easy? No. no, it is not. I've had people say, you know, Brother Keith, you know, submission's always been easy for me. It's, you know, I know right away they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Right. Submission is not easy. Submission is when you want to do something your way and you don't get to. You have to submit to another way, another will. But how many glad that Jesus didn't try to do something a different way. He submitted to the Father's will. He bought us. He paid for us. Because there was no other way to buy us and redeem us. But thank God He's done it and raised triumphantly over death, hell, and the grave. Having obtained an eternal redemption for us. Somebody say "Praise praise the Lord. Go to Luke, please. Luke 16. Luke, the 16th chapter. Now, this whole chapter here in Luke 16, well, I should say uh, the first half of it especially, deals with the subject of faithfulness. And it deals with a steward who was unfaithful. And so the Lord draws a contrast between unfaithfulness and faithfulness. Uh, verse 1 He said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man that had a steward. The same was accused to him that he had wasted his goods. Now this steward is a manager of his master's properties. Uh, If you are a manager of someone else's affairs and properties, should you do it the way they want it done? It's not yours, it's theirs. Should it be done for their benefit? Not yours. But see, this man didn't do that. He wasted his goods, and his master called him in and said, I, How is it I hear this of you? Give an account of your stewardship. You may be no longer steward. He's losing his job. We read in the 1 Corinthians 4, you know, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Who wants to turn over your money and your assets and your resources to somebody that's going to blow them and waste them? And, you know, cause them to be lost. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? My Lord takes away from me the stewardship I cannot dig. Maybe he was older. To beg, I'm ashamed, too proud. I'm resolved what to do, that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors to him. And he said, how much uh, do you owe my Lord? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said, sit down, take your bill." So he gave him uh, the master's paperwork and let him change his own bill he said change it to fifty then he said to another how much do you owe he said a hundred measures of wheat he said take it and change it to eighty and uh the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light a lot of people have not understood that I like the living translation of that It said the rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. (laughs) Now come on, think about it. You think this guy is happy that he just gave away all of this money that belonged to him? No, but he said, you shrewd rascal. Why? Because he was lying in his nest on his way out. He was trying to figure out how he's going to, you know, be benefited after he's kicked and booted out of his job. But is this man unfaithful? He's an unfaithful servant. An unfaithful steward. And so then the Lord begins to talk about, you know, that is the picture of unfaithfulness. He begins to talk about faithfulness in verse 10. He said, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Another translation talks about this. It says, if you, the Amplified says, if you've not proved faithful in that which belongs to another, whether God or man, who will give you that which is your own? Now you get into this. I don't care whether it's a Christians working together in a business or in a company or a church or a ministry. Submission is the same. People don't want to submit. People don't want to acknowledge. They want you to just turn it over to me. Let me do it. Leave me alone. And there's this term that's popular nowadays, micromanaging. And a person can. An overseer can, you know, try to make every little decision theirself and actually get in the way and not let people do the job they should. But on the other hand, there's a whole lot of folks, if you don't just turn it over to them and let them do it their way, they're hollering, oh, you have to micromanage everything. Oh, you know, you won't let me do my job. Well, no, they just that means you won't let them do it their way. And good leaders are not going to let you do it your way. Are y'all with me now? He said, if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? People say, well, I think the Lord should be in charge. I completely agree. I don't think man should be in charge. I think the Lord should be in charge. Absolutely. But who gets to say what that is? Who gets to say what it is that the Lord wants done? And what the Lord's will? Who would be the most qualified in any situation to say this is what the Lord's will is? It would be the one or the ones that God chose and anointed to lead. It's not uh, that a person's personality or natural part of them makes them more qualified to lead. It would be the anointing. Yes. Right? It would be the anointing God's choice. I know when Phyllis and I had the privilege of helping uh, Brother Hagen, we you know we saw that the Lord helped us to see that. I know Phyllis one day was over at their house and uh, she was peeling a was a tomato, and Brother Hagen came and he said, No, nah, let me show you how to peel that," you know. And Phyllis has probably peeled five hundred thousand tomatoes in her time. You know, she, we're from the country, you know, but he had a certain way that he wanted the tomato peeled, and so what's it time to do? We're helping them, it's their kitchen, it's their tomato, (laughs) their knife, we're the helpers. What's it time to do? Peel it their way, but before you can do it, you got to learn what their way is. And how many have seen people in all walks of life go, oh, I know how to do that. You don't have to tell me how to do that. Just leave me alone and let me do my job rebellious did you hear me and unfaithful is that what happened to Saul is that how he lost his place I did it he said I did it and yet he added all these modifications and all these changes now that doesn't mean you can't talk to people that are over you and ask them well what if we did this or what if we did that doesn't mean you can't ever have an idea but you got to be willing to submit if they say no no just do it this way Then you got to smile and go, yes, sir. That's the way it will be done. Whether you think it's the best or whether you don't. Because if it's another man's. Come on, do you see this today? If it's another man's, then it's not yours. It's not yours to do it your way. It's not yours to do it the way you see fit. Now, if you are faithful. In that which is another man's. He said who will give you that which is your own. What does that mean? God's got in mind to give you something you can do your way. Oh come on somebody should have smiled on that now. God's got it in mind that if you'll be faithful in doing things not your own way, but the way the Lord tells other people, or whatever the case on your job, or church, or family, whatever it might be, if you'll be faithful to do it their way, or the way, His way that they're saying the way is, if you'll do it their way, God will give you something that you won't have to submit to another's interpretation of the right way. You can do it directly, if you pass the test. I know we served with them for some 20 uh, years, and it was wonderful and amazing. And the Lord told us at the end of that time, He said, I'm going to give you your own. What does that mean? Well, that's something that we would be the overseers of. And yet still, it's not ours to do as we see fit, but we don't have to go to somebody else to ask them, Do you think this is the way the Lord wants it done? We get to uh, ascertain that ourselves. And, you know, sometimes people think they want to be in charge, but there's a lot of responsibility goes with that, too. Right? And uh, it's just good to be in your place and be faithful in your place. Everybody stand on your feet. Say glory to God. Glory to God. Just close your eyes, say out loud Father, Father forgive, me forgive me for being unfaithful, for being unfaithful rebellious, rebellious insisting, on way, insisting on doing it my own way in any situation. I don't want to be like Saul I don't want to rebel against you I don't want to lose my place or disqualify myself from your blessings from your promotions teach me more about this I'm willing to learn I'm willing to submit I want to do it your way I want to be faithful to you and all those you join me to help me so that one day I hear, Well done, good and faithful servant. Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today, free of charge, by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information,